Happy December, everyone. Welcome to the Worship Story Podcast, and guess what? It's Christmas song time. Now, I know that Christmas songs are a little incendiary. Uh, People either love them or hate them. And it's kind of amazing how divisive Christmas songs can be in general for people when they come on the radio or start to be played at church or in a store. I remember working in retail in a hardware store and basically from Thanksgiving on, there'd be this repeated playlist in the store and everyone that worked there just hated it. Uh, Inside, though, I was super excited. So a quick editor's note, you should know that I freaking love Christmas songs. I love all things about the Christmas mood buildup. Christmas slice? Yes. Mine are up first on the block. Christmas songs at church? Yes. Uh, I've been known to tag in Oh Come Let Us Adore Him in June, in September, because Christmas song lyrics are amazing and hold some really deep theology. So why would we not sing them all year round? Uh, I'll take my answers offline. But before we get into today's song, I wanted to give you my top church Christmas songs, the Mount Rushmore, if you will, for congregational worship songs during the Advent season. So uh, from five to one here, um, I know there's four people on Mount Rushmore, but I'm going to do five songs. Actually, I'm going to do six songs because I couldn't, I couldn't just limit it to, to four or five. Uh, so coming in at number six for me is uh, What Child Is This? Which AKAs as Green Sleeves for all my Orthodox homies. Um, love that song. Love the minor progression of it. And then number five, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Just such deep, deep theology there of Advent, of waiting, of expectation, of awaiting. Number four, uh, it's got to be on the list, right? Joy to the World. Uh, everyone knows this song, whether you go to church or a Christian or not. The world knows Joy to the World. Um, and it's one of those songs where it can it can be kind of just normal, just a song. You're like, yes, I know this song. It's great. It's fine. Um, until you hear like a really good version of it. Um, and uh, speaking of couple years ago, I heard Jeremy Riddle's version of it, and it kind of changed my whole my whole perspective on that song. So uh, go listen to that if you haven't heard it yet. Um, number three, Silent Night, classic. It's just what everyone wants. You know, it's, it's the candle. It's the candle song. It's the, uh, I got this candle, this whole church service, and I've been waiting, waiting for that light, that candle to be coming down. I've got the weird plastic cup holding, protecting myself from the Christmas wax. Uh, Silent Night, gotta, gotta do it. Number two, Oh Come All Ye Faithful. Great song, mostly because of the chorus and all the different refrains of Oh Come Let Us Adore Him, For He Alone Is Worthy, We'll Give You All The Glory. Uh, I will sing that song every week. Really, you should know, in my heart as a worship pastor, I, I'm basically leading that song every week. It, just not everyone knows it. Uh, and then number one, Oh Holy Night. Uh, can't, can't argue. I won't accept any arguments um, that this isn't, isn't uh, the, the greatest song. So 
Today, that's what we're going to do. So let's dive in to Oh Holy Night. start with some history of this song um just doing research for it i i didn't know a lot of this story and it's really fascinating and actually gives a little bit more depth to some of the some of the lyrics uh, so the original words for oh holy night were written in 1847 by sorry excuse my uh french pronunciation uh placide capu uh, a french poet at the request of his local priest. He's in a small French town in uh, southern France, and the local priest, they just got a new organ repaired and were very excited about it. This is a big deal. I mean, this is the the sports team winning the championship. You know, this is huge for, for the town. And so the local priest um, asked a, a local poet, hey, will you, will you write something? And uh, and so he did. So Capo wrote, wrote this this poem, and and he was so encouraged by what he had written that he asked his Jewish friend and musician and composer Adolf Adam to set lyrics uh, to music. And so the result, Cantique de Noël, uh, was immediately received by the church and beloved um but little scandal capu was not a churchgoer um and he eventually joined a socialist movement and stopped attending church altogether and so in response the church in france banned this song which had become the most popular song um at its time for for about two decades uh but uh across the Atlantic in America, the song had gained a lot of momentum through a translation into English uh, made in 1855 by an American minister named John Sullivan Dwight, who left full-time ministry um, to write a like weekly uh, musical journal uh, talking about European classical music and uh, he heard this song in French and then translated it into the English words that we know uh, for Oh Holy Night and he's super fascinating and so we'll get a little bit more on him later Uh, but about this song in general like I said before this is the best Christmas song hands down Uh, I've, I've never met anyone who doesn't love this song and in fact if you are out there um, I probably honestly don't want to know you. Uh, for me, this this always is that anchor song uh, that you play in Christmas services around. You pick which weekend and what place it's going in the service and building everything else around it. And it's because the, the melody and instrumentation create 
the the perfect Christmas mood. It's it's narrative. It's it's kind of it's dark. It talks about the the night and you know puts you in in the perspective of of the the birth story and then uh, it also just paints the picture of the epic theology of the Christmas story and. And so it starts with a dark and broken world and then the reveal of hope from and the angels singing and the redemption for all through Jesus's ministry and then just worshiping this, the establishment of his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. This is all in one song. And the music is awesome. There's three minors in it. I'm not a musical person i mean i I play music and i lead worship i don't have the music theory and but this song has a lot of minors and that is cool it sounds good it makes you feel like there's tension and there's then it goes to the major in the chorus and it's awesome and so uh let's get into the words into the the verses um the original translation um i've found uh that there was a verse and a chorus that i had never heard before um, is verse two and chorus two uh, for those of us playing uh, at home. If you want to find that, you can look for that online. But I'm going to do the, the the more popular two verses and two choruses. And so, for verse one, O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. This song starts not just at the beginning of the story of Jesus' birth, it basically starts at the larger story of God's redemptive plan for his creation that had fallen into sin and darkness and... um. That, that phrase, long lay the world in sin and error, pining, pining for something more, something to pull us out of this. Uh, the first three lines of this verse are setting up the scene, reminding us of the context into which Jesus was entering. And then the last three lines, I think, are some of the the best, best uh, uh, words in, in worship music. Till he appeared... And the soul felt its worth, a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices for for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. You got a yonder in there and we sing it and we love that. (laughs) So the next three lines are pointing towards the the inbreaking of God's kingdom, the value and, and worth all of us can feel from God's love, the promise of hope, the thrill of hope when we're pulled out of darkness that we've been longing for and also uh, looking ahead to a greater time when Jesus's new kingdom is here for eternity. This is just the first verse. This is why this song is uh, the best. It's at the top. So then we get to the first chorus. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. Oh, night divine. Oh, night when Christ was born. These words always make me think of the story in Luke 2, um, verses 8 through 14, which I'm going to read. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. 
an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. I don't think that the shepherds were just standing there, were just standing up, leaning on their staffs, uh, eating mutton or whatever. I, I'm not really sure what mutton is, but it sounds right. No, they, they fell on their faces, terrified, because this first one glowing being floating in the sky appears out of nowhere and then immediately says, hey, don't be afraid. No, that's exactly what I am. I'm terrified. And then he tells them that the Messiah, that their people have been promised and were waiting for, for generations, was finally here. And then the sky was filled with more glowing, floating people who were worshiping, singing, declaring glory to God in the highest. I can't even imagine how these poor shepherds were feeling. Just kind of standing there like, what just happened? Of course you're going to fall to your knees. And so I love these words. They capture it so well. And the words of this course, it's not just a story but it's also an instruction for us to fall on your knees, see and hear how the heavens are worshiping and praising God for this glorious night. Your salvation has finally come. So verse two, and again, um, for those playing at home, this is actually verse three, but uh, the second verse that we usually, usually sing, truly, He taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. And so chains shall he break for the slave is our brother. And in his name, all oppressions shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise we and let all within us praise his holy name. So if if the first verse was the narrative of theology, this verse is the the practical living out of of what Jesus' ministry means, that he taught us to love one another. For his law is love and his truth, his gospel is peace. If we do that, chains will break, chains of oppression, because at the name of Jesus, all oppression must end. I mentioned earlier that this song was originally written in French. It was a French poet and then put to music by a Jewish composer, which I think is so cool. And then a American minister decides he wants to translate this super popular song that was banned by the church in, in France, you know, a little scandalous, a band song. Yes, we want that. That sounds American. He translates it into English. But here's the cool thing that I found out about John Sullivan Dwight, this minister. He was an abolitionist, and he translated it in 1855. What do you think he meant by those words, chains 
shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name, in the name of Jesus, all oppression shall cease. He was calling the church then and us now to be a people who stand up for the oppressed and treat everyone as equals. This is the gospel of Christ, peace and love for all. This, these words always, always got me. And I think, you know, the chains shall he break, the slaves are brother. I always took that as slaves to sin. And for myself and the oppression, you know, that, that sin has created on, on this world and, and that Jesus is the chain breaker. And that's true. And I think that those words are mean that too. But to hear what the context that John Sullivan Dwight was living in, in 1855 in America, writing these words, taking this super popular song that was popular around the world and bringing it here and making it for his context, I think, man, that is uh, so powerful and really brave to to sing these words. And and we, as the church now, continue to need to declare these these words in in our in our own hearts, in our communities, in our in our churches, um, and then. Like the, like the verse ends, the last two lines. When we do, if the church is known as a people against oppression, sweet hymns of joy will resound, and in a grateful chorus, we will all praise the holy name of Jesus. So it goes into the second chorus. Christ is the Lord, and oh, praise his name forever. His power and glory forevermore proclaim. These words are basically from John's revelation of, of worship in heaven, the Apostle John, um, not, not the previously talked about John Sullivan Dwight. In the book of Revelation, the worship in heaven, Jesus is Lord, so praise him forever and ever. To him all glory and honor and power forever and ever and ever. So, I'm not sure where this song finds you this year. Uh, it has been a year, and coming into the Christmas season, a season of Advent, season of waiting, of expectation of the arrival of Christ, um, we've probably never needed this song more, honestly. And you know what? The Lord knows that it's been a year. But these words are so applicable to us today. This is not just a song of history, one that we have warm feelings about of growing up singing at church or hearing on the radio or, or anything. But this, this is a song of war against the enemy that still plagues the world today. We, we always read Luke 2 from the perspective of the shepherds. But I love thinking about the perspective of the angels. They knew what was happening. They've been in God's throne room, worshiping forever. And yet, on this night, they got to break into God's creation. And they knew that the carefully timed, planned invasion of hope was finally beginning. Jesus was here, and God's great 
rescue was happening. So today, I, I pray that you can take a few moments and pretend that you were in that field that night when the angel of the Lord came. And that he's saying to you, look up. Don't be afraid anymore. You're not alone. Your hope is here. The Savior of the world is here for you. And his name is Christ. And all power and glory to the name of Jesus forever and ever. Amen.